0: Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 11. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Last week in episode 10, we spoke about a huge decluttering roadblock for moms, aspirational clutter, and I've heard from mamas who have embraced their current selves in their current season by decluttering what is no longer serving them. One mama is decluttering her sewing machine and table after not sewing for years. If you've had a decluttering win or want additional support, join the free Facebook group over at tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm. We are at the beginning of a 30 day decluttering challenge in the group, and I would love for you to join us. So we've talked about the roadblock of how much you paid for something and aspirational clutter. Today, we are talking about sentimental items. Now, you know, I don't recommend starting with sentimental items, but eventually you will get to them. And this is where so many mamas get stuck. It is natural to be sentimental about our stuff, but when we keep too much, it prevents us from making room for what's most important. Today, I'm sharing three decluttering hacks to help you decide what sentimental items to keep and when it's time to let go. So, what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Mama! Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar in mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do lists running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Moms Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life in motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. So, Mama, I know you are super busy, but I wanted to remind you yes, you, that if you leave a rating and written review in Apple Podcasts, five stars are my favorite, as you can probably guess, and then take a screenshot of it and send it to me at Simple by Emmy, either on Instagram or Facebook, you will be entered in a drawing for a decluttering book of your choice. And let's just say, as of right now, you have a very good chance of winning. So don't miss out. Check out the show notes for more information. Okay, let's get started, Mama sentimental items. They are the things we keep because they have meaning to us. They are imbued with memories, or perhaps they don't mean a lot to us, but they belong to a family member and remind us of that person. Of course, we should surround ourselves with things that have meaning to us, but when sentimental items become clutter because of how much we're keeping and where we're keeping it, typically in dusty boxes, we really need to evaluate what we have and why. I mentioned that I have three hacks to help. Honestly, these are mindset hacks because the only way we will consider parting with our belongings is if we change our relationship, our attachment to our stuff. I will never ask you to get rid of anything, but we'll gently remind you that removing what is not serving you allows you to make space for what truly matters. And that's what we're all after, right? So let's dive into decluttering hack number one for sentimental items. Know the story behind your stuff and share it with others. Our sentimental items have memories attached to them, but the problem is that sometimes we are the only people that know what those memories are. Imagine that you suddenly passed away today. Would your spouse or your kids know what to do with your sentimental stuff? Would they even know what was sentimental to you or why you were keeping it? How difficult would it be for them to go through everything to know what to keep and what to let go of. In order to really understand why we are keeping something, we need to process its meaning to us. We need to tell its story. This could be as easy as a voice memo that you share with your spouse, or you could write it down if you prefer. Here's an example of what I mean. Let's say you have a onesie that your oldest child wore when they came home from the hospital. You are keeping it because it reminds you of when they first came home, when you first became a mom, and when your kiddo was unimaginably tiny. How does anyone know it's important to you? Is it shoved in a bin somewhere? What if you were able to have a voice memo that explained the meaning behind the item and shared it with your family? Wouldn't it be so much more meaningful than having it collect dust? When our loved ones understand why something is important to us, it forms a connection between us that will last far after we have left this earth. There is a wonderful byproduct of telling the story of your stuff. You are able to detach the memory from the item because the memory, the story is somewhere else besides your own brain. And when you do, you can consider whether you actually need the item at all, or if the story is enough. You can always have a photo or video of the item to accompany the story and even make a photo album. If you want something tangible to remember the items by. We have to start separating the memory from the actual item in order not to be inundated with sentimental items. That brings us to our second decluttering hack for sentimental items to help us process their meaning and know whether we can possibly let go. Having a curated mindset when it comes to sentimental stuff. What do I mean? Think of a museum The items are carefully curated to display the most meaningful, the best of the best. This is the approach that you should take with your sentimental items. Remember, if everything is special, nothing is special. Instead of having a box overflowing with kids' artwork and memorabilia, can you curate it so that you're keeping the best of the best and then display it instead of hiding it in a box somewhere? Let's say your grandmother recently passed and you were given several items from your family members. Can you pick the item that has the most meaning to you? The one that reminds you most of your happiest memories together with your grandmother and then display it? Or better yet, use it in your everyday life. Don't let your memories be diluted by having too much of something so that it's not as meaningful anymore. Remember, curate and display. The third decluttering hack I have for sentimental items is to remember that even if something is not taking up a lot of physical space, it can take up a ton of emotional space. And honestly, the things you may be keeping may be taking up a ton of negative emotional space. Just because it's old doesn't mean you have to hold on to it. You have the power to decide what you keep and what you let go of based upon what matters most to you, not guilt from family members or feeling like you should keep something because it's just what you do. Here's an example from my own life. Fun fact, if you Google, what should I do with my old yearbook? An article I wrote is one of the top results. It's called, I give you permission to throw away your yearbook. I held on to my high school yearbook for 20 years. Why? Because that's what people do, right? They hold on to their yearbooks. But when I actually looked through it, I realized that it was holding memories that were not that great. High school wasn't my happiest time. Also, I couldn't remember most of the people who signed it. So why was I holding on to something that had negative emotional weight? I scanned a few of the photos from the pages and pitched the rest. And I felt acceptance of who I was in this season, not the person I was in high school 20 years ago. It was a moment of healing for me. What do you have in your home that is taking up a ton of emotional space? And does it represent a wound or a scar? If you are holding on to baby clothes months after having a miscarriage, you are still nursing that wound, Mama. And you can hold on to whatever you need to for as long as you need to when something is a wound. But when something in your past has healed And the item represents something that isn't serving you anymore, or reminds you of a you that isn't you anymore, it's okay to let it go. I'm going to link to some blog posts I've written on sentimental items, as well as a link to a worksheet I created for sentimental items specifically. I hope that they help you as you work through your sentimental stuff. If you're stuck, feel free to join our free Facebook group so I can provide you with specific guidance on your sentimental items. So to recap, we don't start our decluttering journey with sentimental items, but when it's time to take a look at them, there are three mindset hacks that can help us take a look at what we're keeping and why. Telling the story of our stuff and sharing it with our loved ones, having a curate and display mindset, and remembering the emotional space of what we own and making sure that emotional energy is positive not negative, are all ways we can start to tackle this tricky category of our stuff. I hope this episode blessed you. If so, please share it with a friend or screenshot it in your stories, tagging me at Simple by Emmy. Next week, we will have a slightly longer episode. The last Thursday of each month, I plan to feature a mom who has overcome overwhelm through decluttering and simplifying and have them share their amazing tips with you. Since the interview format is slightly more involved than a solo episode, those will be around the 30 to 40 minute mark, while I'll keep my solo episodes 15 minutes or less as I promised. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. The 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. In Apple Podcasts, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.